Studios in New Jersey, the home of Bam Bam Bigelow, Diamond Dallas Page, and Headbanger Thrasher. This is Sunday Night Aftermath with Doc and Bones. Tonight, the guys are going to give you the news and reviews of the 2018 TLC pay-per-view. And without further ado, introducing a man who needs no introduction, he's the original heartbreak kid himself. Mothers hide your daughters, cause here's Doc Haas. What up, fam? Welcome to the very first episode of Sunday Night Aftermath, and Ooh. we have a lot of after- we have a lot of aftermath to talk about tonight. Uh, apparently, I am your heartbreak kid this Sunday evening. The the original, um, which, the original heartbreak. Kid. Even before, so actually, I was born before Shawn Michaels started using the heartbreak kid gimmick, <laughs> which means I basically invented it. So you're absolutely right. Been breaking hearts since I came out of the womb in '84. <laughs> So bones, we got a uh, we got a new SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, and we, we called it, and we called it, and we had since the first step of my WrestleMania 35 fantasy booking has been completed. Um, even better than I originally thought it would be completed because Ronda Rousey actually came out and got herself involved in the match. Uh, I thought the the main event was awesome. I thought it was the match of the night. I thought. Becky and Charlotte and Oscar just were determined to give a A plus effort and performance. I think a lot of the roster that wrestled tonight was determined to really put on a good, you know, at least wrestling wise, a good card considering how bad television, especially Raw, has been as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Ronda coming out. I loved her just before the match today, you know, payback's a bitch. And I love her just coming out and just destroying that match and giving Oscar the chance to win that title. Yeah, and it's funny how none of us even thought that Ronda or someone was going to interfere in the triple threat match. Uh, that It made the most sense to have Ronda interfere at the end. As soon as I saw Becky set up that second ladder and I saw Becky and Charlotte on that second ladder, not under the, wel- the belt, I'm like, this is when Oscar's going to win. But I did not know that Ronda was going to be the one to come out to cost Becky and Charlotte the loss in the match. Yeah, and it was some great camera work and production by WWE because they have Becky and Becky and Charlotte on the ladder and they're fighting. All of a sudden, you hear the audience start going crazy. They're like, what's going on? How, and then here comes Ronda. And it was cool seeing Ronda draw some real heat. You know, I, I like seeing her get some heat. Is she going to be the heel in this whole uh, Becky-Ronda-Charlotte feud now? I think at this point, with the fact that Becky is so over, Becky's going to be like, like we've been saying, like the Steve Austin of the of the of the crew, and you're gonna have Charlotte and Ronda as like Triple H, the heel Triple H and the Rock. Right, right. Speaking of uh, Austin, how about uh, Becky doing the Thez press last night? Did you catch that? Right, and she freaking <laughs> nailed that too. Yeah, dude, that whole that was match. Best, I was like, now was it just me or were they were? stiff on a lot of their shots throughout that match like you said all those women wanted to make sure that they put on the best match of the card and they didn't pull any punches literally none whatsoever none whatsoever great great coronation for oscar for her first 
her first main roster championship, a great moment for her to win that in a ladder Huge match. Win. And yeah. I, I always love the, the winning uh, world title or title on top of the ladder pose. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most iconic ways to win a title. And it's something we're going to remember for a while. I think Asuka's going to hold this title for a while, too. Um, who knows where she's going to go? Who knows how things are going to sh- uh, shook up tomorrow on Monday Night Raw? So I'd like to see some of the Raw women that aren't getting enough play, like in a world title picture, like Ruby and Ember, maybe get moved over to SmackDown so they can have some meaningful feuds with Asuka. But this is the way they had to go. This is the way they had to do it to set up the Becky, Charlotte, Ronda storyline. I'm happy it went down. And it was a great way to close that. What I thought was a really solid pay-per-view. Uh, I agree, but dude, this this whole main event, I didn't sit down for the whole like twenty some odd minutes of the match. I was on my feet, standing probably about three feet in front of my television, screaming at it the whole time. <laughs> Seriously, like it got to a point where we saw some really good professional wrestling matches. So, to the casual fan, it may have become the show may have become a little bit slow, but man, it picked up here in this main event. From start to finish, man, it was just nonstop action. The, the spots in this match, Becky's leg drop off the top of the ladder onto Charlotte through the chair, uh, through the table. Charlotte spearing she Oscar Charlotte. through the barrier. Oh, my God. Oh, that was that was vicious. Like, I, I kind of, I thought, like, Oscar was dead after that. Mm-hmm. I thought Oscar was broken in half because, I mean, Charlotte came at her full speed full and force, just man. laid into her. I was like. Oh, my God. It hurt me to watch. Yeah. What a spot that was. What a spot. I love how these three have no no issue with getting unpretty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they have no issue taking punches in the face and having cuts all over their bodies. They are, they are undoubtedly professional wrestlers first, these three. And they deserve every – all 20, 20 minutes of that match they deserved. You know, s- speaking of taking punches, remember when Charlotte put Becky on the table in the ring at one point, and then she just slaps Becky across the face? That oh. was a fucking slap hurt around the world, man. And then all t- I want to I want to get out of the match and talk about Becky real quick. Another segment I really enjoyed with Becky last night was after Nia lost to Ronda, and she and she Take ran into Becky backstage. Down. Yep, and Becky just. Slapped Nia silly, punched her square in the face, man. It was that was that that was like the beginning of their moment for the night. I thought was when Becky slapped Nia around, said, "All right, the little kids are off TV now. Let the big girls go out and play." And talk about adding insult to injury. It's like, yo, Nia, you just lost. You've been talking a big game for weeks, but you did not come out victorious. And now here's Becky. Now I know you thought Nia. You thought Nia was going to beat Ronda to keep her momentum as a heel going. Where do you see that momentum now after losing to Ronda and getting slapped around by Becky backstage? It's hard to say. I feel like Nia did not look strong last night. Uh, so I don't know where she goes now. Um, she doesn't look st- as strong as she did going into TLC because she lost to Ronda and. Uh, was humiliated by Becky backstage. So it's really hard to say where she goes unless they do a women's tag team thing, then her and Tamina can uh, run roughshod on the women's tag division. But aside from that, I don't know where the hell Nia goes after this. Yeah, because you want to say there might be some character build here, but she's also 
a heel. Like, and I feel like character builds are reserved for faces. You know what I mean? So that, there's some definitely some flux with Naya. I would love to see her in the women's tag division if that is a thing because it gets her out of the title picture but mm-hmm. still keeps her relevant. I don't think she needs to be in the title picture. Um, I don't think she needs to beat Ronda. I think anything Ronda really needed to beat Naya just to show that, hey, I'm still the baddest bitch around while you girls are over having your cat fights and SmackDown. And let's talk about Ronda's performance last night. Dude, that fucking cross body block that she pulled off the top rope was flawless. Ronda she, just gets just, better and better yeah. every time she's in the ring, man. She's like the fine wine of WWE right now. It's like every single match. It's like she's learned something new or she's improved herself. So much. She's just she's a hard worker. I mean, what do you expect from these, these former MMA fighters where, right. you know, especially someone like Ronda, who's one of the all time greats. Obviously, the work ethic is there, and obviously, she's not the type of woman that's taking no for an answer, who who isn't taking uh, the second spot on the card. She wants the first spot at the top of the card all the time, and she goes out and proves it. And we're we're I, we're set up for some really exciting women's wrestling for the first half of 2019 between Ronda, Asuka, Becky, and Charlotte. And if you're a wrestling fan and you're not excited for what's what's ahead down the road leading to WrestleMania then you really have no soul, and I have no problem saying that. You know, I was thinking about it more last night. We've been talking about how the faces of the company are are the women right now, Charlotte, Becky, Ronda, even Asuka at this point now that she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. And now with Vince showing up on Raw tomorrow night to shake things up, this, I mean, we talked about it the other day, this could change the landscape of re- of the entire road to WrestleMania right now. Um with the universal title off television on raw they need a serious story there so i think we're going to see becky end up on raw this week so that way they can keep promoting becky and ronda leading into wrestlemania well there are also i was reading some uh some rumors leading up to tlc that they want to do possibly charlotte and ronda at the rumble that would happen a lot so, so then Charlotte would have to come to Raw also. Or, but then again, Royal Rumble yeah, technically... Yeah, Charlotte when, would have to come to Raw, right, yeah. But technically, right. Royal Rumble's when both brands meet because they're in the Rumble together. Maybe they can right. pull some kind of... Pull some strings and make that happen. Right, right. They, they mean, there's, there's you know chances for... Because of the Rumble champion versus champion matches again. But And we'll see on Raw tomorrow night. There's so many different directions that uh, WWE could go right now with both of their women's title pictures, but especially the Raw title picture because Ronda has a lot of unfinished business with both of these SmackDown wrestlers. And I'm just excited to see what Vince actually does. I would think his shakeup has a lot to do with the women. Yeah, and I think this is going to be the opportunity for Ruby Riot to come out and start to shine in the women's division. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to we'll get to Ruby in a few minutes. So before we get to Ruby, let's talk about the uh, other two main event matches. I, I consider there was four top of the car matches, the two women's title matches, and of course the uh, WWE Championship and Intercontinental Championship match. We have a new Intercontinental Champion that we do, and we called it. But now, we what, did. what happens yeah. from here? Where does Dino go from here? There's a lot they could do here. I mean, it's time to, I think, set up a, a new feud. I think we could put the Rollins-Ambrose feud, 
feud on the back burner for now. Uh, I think Rollins is going to start moving himself into the universal title picture. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you know, Ambrose has uh, a bunch of different guys he could possibly feud with on Raw. You know, there's Finn coming off a nice win tonight. Finn Balor, who surprised I think all of us in beating Drew McIntyre. Yep. So I'd like to see him get involved with the Intercontinental title picture. Maybe have like a Demon Finn versus Ambrose match at the Rumble. Um, outside of that, you, you could possibly see you have maybe Elias. 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 Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at I'm looking at the results of tonight's card. And I'm looking at who won and what they could be doing next. And Elias is a name jumping out at me right now. Uh, Strowman will obviously be challenging Lesnar at the Rumble now. But I think after that, you're going to see Rollins somehow get involved in the Universal title. So I don't know if that keeps him off TV until the Rumble or if it keeps him or it keeps him. uh, I don't know how it keeps him busy until the Rumble. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Unless they still continue the Dean and Rollins feud for a few weeks. Well, I guess I guess Rollins will get a rematch. You can do that on Raw. Raw right. needs a match. Yeah, Raw, Raw could use that. And then, but I, Ambrose isn't going to lose that rematch. What, well, what do you think not. about this? We've talked about it. At least I know I have in the past about when there's a shakeup, put Seth Rollins on SmackDown. What if Vince shakes things up tomorrow night and Rollins is no longer on Raw going into WrestleMania? What do you think? It'd switch him and AJ maybe. I think so. I think AJ needs to be on Raw. AJ's done. He did what he had to do on SmackDown. Put AJ on Raw, and I think someone like Rollins and someone like Balor would shine more so than they already are over on SmackDown. But I think this is the perfect time to put Finn Balor in that Intercontinental title picture. At this point, so I'm yes. A little, I'm a little hesitant to switch into SmackDown because of that. But why? You're saying you could see Finn in the mid-card picture. Put him in a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. Everyone would love to see Finn versus Shinsuke. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, yeah. Shinsuke needs something with more substance anyway. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the whole him and Rusev thing, but there's plenty plenty of um, opponents out there for, for Nakamura to help put Nakamura over, and I think that'd be a great spot for Finn. Yeah, I'd like to see Nakamura do more with Rusev before moving on to a Finn type thing, to a, to a Finn program. And I think that's what you know keeps Finn on Raw for me for the moment. That doesn't mean that can't change down the road. I feel like it right. should be easier for wrestlers to jump between brands as needed anyway. You know, and, and WWE does it like the Big Show just kind of showed up on SmackDown for a bit when they needed him there. Yeah. So I, I don't that doesn't bother me when WWE does that. I think. I don't care about the brand split, but I think the wrestlers should be able to jump brands whenever, you know, it's it's best for WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Ambrose Rollins match was good. I thought the crowd was being a little harsh to him. You know, yeah. there was a lot of boos and boring chants. I was like, I'm kind of into this match. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see why. I don't know. Maybe it was after the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match, which was absolutely awesome match. Great you match. Professional wrestling right there. Your professional wrestling, and there's so Daniel Bryan. He should just he should start wearing shirts that say "I elevate everybody." <laughs> yep. <laughs> he elevates, and he's elevating in the ring too. That's the best I've seen AJ look in the ring against an opponent in, in a while. Yeah. You know, none of the Samoa Joe matches had had a feel like that match last night. 
None of the Shinsuke match. Maybe the last Shinsuke match, the one that was in Newark. Was that Extreme Rules? I think so, yeah. Yeah, maybe the last Shinsuke match I thought might have gotten close to this match he just had with uh, Daniel with Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan winning was absolutely the right move. I think Daniel Bryan needs a nice long WWE title run to really establish this new Daniel Bryan character. And I don't think anybody on SmackDown really deserves to beat Daniel Bryan right now. So, but where do you think Daniel Bryan's going on the road to WrestleMania? I mean, I know we've been talking for a while about it being Daniel Bryan and Miz, but it's hard to say how they're booking Miz right now going into Mania because he's kind of in this weird storyline with Shane McMahon. And I'm tending to think that's going to be Miz's WrestleMania match. It'll be Miz versus Shane McMahon. So where does Daniel Bryan go? So there's been a couple. There's, of course, the the Shawn Michaels rumor that won't go away Mm -hmm. for Daniel Bryan. Um, Just knowing that I'm going to be at WrestleMania, that would be awesome. Shawn Michaels, I thought, looked good on that Saudi Arabia thing. Mm -hmm. So I think a match against Daniel Bryan, and they'll actually look, they'll both look great, and they'll both, do a great job of putting each other over. Mm. I still think, and my fantasy booking has has put, pointed me towards uh, Mysterio Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. I could see Mysterio and Orton kind of blowing their feud off in a number one contenders match on SmackDown in the next few weeks with Mysterio winning and you get Mysterio Daniel Bryan. Because Mysterio doesn't need to be in the Rumble. No, he doesn't need to be. You're yeah. right. So it makes total sense to have to put that make him and put him in the title match. And then you have you know two good title matches for the Rumble. You don't need great title matches for the Rumble because the Rumble is the main attraction of the Rumble, quite obviously. So it's a good opportunity to get like a veteran like, you know, Mysterio a chance to get to the top of the card again. So that's where I see Daniel Bryan going um, for mania. Yeah, he's de- I definitely don't see him facing the Miz. Uh, the Miz, I think, is totally working towards the Shane McMahon program. You know, Shane likes to have his mania match. Um, usually Shane's mania matches are fun, so it's not like it's a step back for the Miz. So for Daniel Bryan, um, if they did a switch up and AJ Styles and Seth Rollins maybe did a switch, like you said, then you can start setting up Daniel Bryan for versus uh, Seth Rollins for mania. Also, whoever wins the Rumble, if it's Drew McIntyre, they could possibly challenge Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Very true. I wasn't thinking about that with the whole Royal Rumble thing where they have a choice on which championship they want to go for. But for who we currently have on SmackDown, I think there's three potential options for Daniel Bryan. And I do think that that's Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev, or Andrade Almas are three potential candidates to be contenders for the title against Daniel Bryan. I don't know if you give Almas that spot so soon in his career over a guy like he's like Rusev, like you said. Yeah, well, I think Rusev is going to probably end up taking the U.S. title from Nakamura, which is going to free up Nakamura. And I think if anyone has a shot before the other two, Nakamura might be the first one back in the title picture. And I could see him and Daniel Bryan putting on a really good clinic, essentially, out there in the ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be a... That's of, of who's on SmackDown right now. I would say that's the most logical step. You know, I keep I keep wanting to see Shinsuke actually defend the U.S. title more. So in my head, I want him to hold that title longer so we can defend it more and like have a have a better run than he's had since 
let's face it, it's been an underwhelming U.S. title run for Shinsuke, and I don't think it's Shinsuke's fault. Yeah, you know, no, creative's it, just not really giving him anything. Yeah, it's creative's fault. He's not on TV enough. He's not put in any kind of. He hasn't been in really any feuds for the title. He's defended it on a match here or there, but that's been about it. Nothing with substance at all. Hopefully they heat up the Rusev feud leading into the Rumble so we can really see Shinsuke on TV doing what he does best again, and that's be the president of Knock America. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that feud, though, has all the fuel it needs for it to keep uh, – to keep growing and and potentially be a a real storyline going into bigger events like Rumble or even Mania. I mean, the whole thing started back at Starcade, which was a few weeks ago, and ever since then they've been booking Rusev strong, and Rusev gets huge pops. So they have to see that Rusev is going over in this. So they they might as well keep this feud going. Bruce has been over for so long. It seems like creative just kind of ignores him. It seems like every, every everything that guy does, people eat it up. He's easy to like. Exactly. He's got, Ever since the whole he's, the, the, the Rusev Day thing uh, became a thing, uh, he's, he's been over. Over like Rover, as they say. Over like Rover. Said Rusev, like I said, very easy to like. Mm-hmm. Like he's, 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 he's got a great just he's – he's got a great personality for being a face, which, you know, it's really hard for some, for some wrestlers to do that. And Rusev, like, does the face. He can do either one just so well. I think he's one of the most underutilized talents on the roster. You know who else is really easy to like? Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot. Can we talk about that match? <laughs> first of all, I thought the match was great. I don't know. First of all, I don't know what it is with women wrestlers and and folding tables. I feel like the women always have issues where the tables either don't break, the tables don't want to stand up straight. They can't get the legs out. There's always an issue with the women in the tables. <laughs> but I thought it was awesome. I thought the usage of the uh, Jim the Anvil folding table was perfect in terms of storyline. Mm-hmm. Natty taking out the Ruby Riot table was awesome. I want to know when the WWE shop is going to be selling those Ruby Riot tables so I could buy one. <laughs> that'll be your new dinner table. Right, that'll be the new dinner table so I can have dinner with Ruby every night. Um, I definitely feel like the wrong person won this match. Natty did not need to win. You know, we talked about it. She didn't need that baby face feel good moment. You know, feel bad for me because it's such a personal storyline. Now I'm going to go over. I'm going to win. I mean, you said it earlier. They can continue the storyline, but it would have made more sense to continue it if Ruby won their first match and then continue to have Natty win maybe at Rumble or at Fastlane. Yeah, you can and you you can continue this even with Natalia winning. It wouldn't be as good of a story as I think you know Ruby would have won the one uh, tonight. But uh, with uh, with Natalia and Ruby, you continue this by maybe on on Raw this week or in the next few weeks. Like you know, there's some sort of number one contenders tournament or match to face Ronda and Ruby costs Natalia an opportunity to face Ronda somehow and. Boom, your feud keeps going. I love the use of the tables in the match. I loved how, like, Natalia and Ruby continually push each other's faces into the pictures of the table, like like bad dogs who peed in the living room. <laughs> 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 there was some great in-ring psychology going mm-hmm. on in this match. It was very old school. It had, like, that early 90s, late 80s personal blood feud to it. 
So it was, and I and I really enjoyed seeing that from the from the women on Raw because it's nice having a undercard feud that doesn't involve a title and is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, thumbs up to both Natalia and Ruby. I thought they were awesome. I think they're unheralded heroes of the night. I thought they provided a nice little burst in the middle of the show. And unless you're somebody who likes to freak out about, oh, you brought a dead person into your storyline. You're terrible. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. Shut the fuck up. Okay. It's a goddamn television show. And if, as long as Natalia is okay with it, which she obviously is, and you know, Jim the Anvil would have been, is probably up somewhere in heaven or wherever the hell he is. And he was probably looking down and smiling, going, all right. I'm dead and relevant. I'm like Elvis yep. now. It's been 25 years <laughs> and I'm still relevant. Well, hey, for, for any anyone in the fourth wall fam who keeps up with Total Divas, they would know from watching Total Divas, Neidhart, Jim Neidhart, loved still being involved in wrestling through Natalia. He was living vicariously through her. So the fact that they're right. doing this now after he's gone is a big homage to the anvil for what he's done to the business and this is where he belongs he belongs in the ring on tv at some point so having him still relevant in here i think is great for him and yeah like you said people are hating on it because it did happen so so soon it happened so recently but if natty wasn't okay with it or her family wasn't okay with it it wouldn't be happening yeah but this is wrestling. This is what they do. Someone dies, and they make it a storyline. It happened to Eddie Guerrero. It happened to Paul Bearer. They all became relevant storylines after they were already gone. Yeah, and it, for me, it felt like more of a send-off for Jim DeAnvil than it did like some sort of insulting his legacy type of thing. You know, Like I said, he's got these, these wrestlers. They're entertainers. They want to be on TV. They want to entertain you. It's what they do. So there's no reason to think they wouldn't want to entertain you in death also. Um, exactly. Good, good, good. I thought I didn't think they went over any lines. I don't think they took anything too far. If anything, they took it just far enough. Very professional performance from each of them. You know, and, and now that I now that I think about it more with uh, the way the WWE universe may have taken the storyline, I think this was a le- legitimate conclusion for now, of the storyline, and to put Natalia over to honor her father. So I guess it did make sense for Natty maybe to win this first time around, and I'm interested to see now if they do continue this or if someone gets a shake-up, you know, tomorrow night on Raw. Yeah, I just have this funny feeling that sooner than later, Ruby, and maybe without the Riot Squad, will end up on SmackDown. I was thinking that to too, her. but I don't think it's going to happen yet. The Riot Squad uh, is going to stay together, I think, for a little while. I'd love to see her in a feud with Oscar, though. Like, like, a, like, a, like a, what, like for the title, for the title. Yeah. Um, another, another match. I want to move on to a match that I think um, enough people aren't talking about. And it was on the undercard last night. Was the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the Bar, the New Day, and the Usos? Um, this was a very fun match. It was a lot of fun. There wasn't a lot of stupid pancake things and stupid New Day gimmicks. This was all all wrestling and you know, all guys that felt like wrestling with a chip on their shoulder with the ratings being so low. You know, six guys are like, hey, you know, we're still three of the best tag teams that WWE has put together in years. 
and we're going to go out and we're going to put on a clinic, even if we don't have tables, ladders, and chairs, which I know we, we, we had a nice big bitch session about on our normal, on our regular podcast. <laughs> but these guys had a really good match. I liked the way it ended. I thought Cesaro had a really good performance in this match, especially. I thought he like, I mean, he always looks good. And I know at some point he, we've always talked about him, you know, really being like a single star and getting in a, in a world title picture. Um, his performances like last night backed that up. He looked really, really good last night. Yeah. All, all, all the teams looked good last night. Yeah, no, so you're right. Cesaro is definitely uh, an unsung hero. Uh, he's awesome in the ring every time. Every time he's in the squared circle, no matter who his, who his opponent is, he looks awesome. But after watching this match, I don't think this match really needed uh, a gimmick like, like we had talked about. It would have been cool. On paper, it would have looked good, but I don't think it really needed it. Uh, it definitely was a fun match. It was a good wrestling match, but it didn't really go anywhere in terms of storyline. So where do you think the bar is going to go from here? Are they going to start bringing out teams like Sanity and the club to uh, make them uh, top contenders now for the tag team titles in SmackDown? I definitely hope Sanity gets involved because you know, the bar needs new opponents. You can only fight the new day and so so many times. So I think it's time to give Sanity of Robin a chance to, to you know to take down the bar. Well, here's a thought. What about AOP? Let let's think about this. AOP just lost the tag titles to Rude and Gable this past Monday on Raw, which I don't think anyone saw that coming. But there's going to be a shakeup. What if AOP gets tossed over to SmackDown? AOP versus the Bar would be awesome. I mean, they already like fought once act, like, at SmackDown, like before a title now for a title and without maybe without a urination segment, right? <laughs> uh, they already fought once at Survivor Series, what I meant to say before. but uh, And they didn't really have a whole lot of time at Survivor Series to put on a performance. I mean, plus you had the whole Big Show thing and Drake Maverick, he, he pissed his pants. But I think they could have a legitimate storyline if they bring AOP over. And also, what about the Revival? I think right. things are gonna get, if there's going to be a shakeup, Revival's going to get shaken up as well. And we're going to start seeing the growth of a tag division, which we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. Uh, our yeah. thoughts on the tag team division on the main roster in general, but it's I think we're funny to... because I'm sorry, and not not to interrupt, but just before just before you move on to that point, we've you know, I've been talking thinking about like you know you know that shakeup show we have. It'll be interesting to see how this week goes and how that affects what I what I've already thought will happen because the revival to SmackDown was one of my shakeup things that I was thinking about. That's the same with me. I had a revival down as well to uh, be drafted over to SmackDown. Uh, that's a team that needs to have their entire career rejuvenated somehow. So if that means putting them on a new brand with new opponents, then sign me up. Right. Absolutely. Cause they're, they have so much talent, and they're just not getting a chance to use it on Raw. Raw doesn't know what to do with the tag team belts right now. Yeah, and I think moving forward now, if we don't see the Usos in the New Day in the tag in the tag team picture, uh, the time sorry, the tag title picture, I'd be okay with that for a while. Now, I, I want to see. As I said, I've said it so many times. I want to see the New Day like chase some like individual gold. Mm-hmm. You know, how about send uh, you know Kofi Kingston against Nakamura? Or whoever Nakamura drops the U.S. title to eventually. Yeah, and Kofi is a former U.S. champion as well. Kofi has a, a lot of singles gold. He's, he's won the Intercontinental title multiple times too, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, remember Kofi's been he, Kofi's been around since I think 2008, I believe, for was when he signed with WWE. Yeah, yeah, he's been around for a while. 
you know, I mean, I know, I know the days of feuding Randy Orton might be with Randy Orton might be distant in our mind, but he's had some big name singles feuds and he can definitely work a big name singles program and the new day needs a break from the tag division. Yeah. They I just agree. do. Um, one other match I think we should touch upon, uh, the Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin match just because of the, uh, the implications on Monday Night Raw. I got to think most of Vince McMahon's shakeup is going to center around this storyline. He has to name a new general manager tomorrow night. Uh, Bones, I know you got some thoughts on that general manager appointment. I have some real thoughts on this. Um, WWE it has been very high on Paige lately as the SmackDown GM. So with Corbin now no longer being the acting GM elect for Raw, they're going to have to fill that spot. I don't see it being Angle. We could see Angle as an active competitor in the immediate future, but not in in an authority role. I think they may bring Paige over to Raw as the the Raw GM. And uh, going to rewind a couple weeks ago, they announced on Fox television about SmackDown coming to Fox. And it was very weird because it was Jeff Jarrett who was there to announce SmackDown coming to Fox, which got me thinking, have Jeff Jarrett show up on SmackDown and Jeff Jarrett becomes the new GM for SmackDown Live. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to add to that. Uh, after after um, TLC ended last night, my uh, WWE network went right to the Edge and Christian show of awesomeness or whatever it's called, which is, which is a great awesome. show. I just, it's just <laughs> it's a great it, show. It's a great show. Just too long of a title for me to ever remember properly. <laughs> but Jeff Jarrett was on the show last night. Yes, he was. And that monologue was, was perfect. Yeah, and he was, and he was really, it was really funny actually, oh, but he was on the show. So he it's just to give a little more, uh, just to give a little more credibility to your thought. He was on programming on WWE Network last night. So it could mean he's going to return to an on-camera role. Um, there's also the thought that, you know, Hulk Hogan. I mean, if you want to boost some ratings and you need a ratings boost, I can't I can't Im- imagine a world where, where Fox wouldn't want Hulk Hogan on TV every week on their new TV show. And Fox has, Fox has no morals, so they don't care about all the other stuff. But did Hulk Hogan ever come back, or did they leave him in global? <laughs> did they leave him in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> um, anyway, let's finish up. Let's talk about Strowman and Corbin. So yes. definitely some booking that none of us predicted, none of us saw nope. happening. Um, at first, I was like, at first, when the first superstar you saw was Apollo Cruz, I was like, really, this is going to be the guy that's going to send up to Corbin and take the place of Braun Strowman. Um, now, listen, I like Apollo Crews, but I feel like he has not been booked correctly. So there's been nothing for me to really sink my teeth into in terms of his character. Right. Um, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't get behind him being out there, even though you like him. Right. Like, if they would have started that segment off with, like, Rude and Gable, okay, cool, they're the Raw Tag Team Champions now, so I wonder why they're out here. Oh, wait, now there's Apollo Crews, now there's Finn Balor. Um but I thought the whole segment was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a, a great way to put Strowman over, give Strowman his universal title match at Rumble, get Corbin out of the authority uh, scene, 
and put together like it, it pretty much showed you, hey, look, these are your baby faces on Raw: Strowman, Balor, Root and Gable, Heath Slater, even which I thought was Un- awesome, and then Kurt Angle, the unheralded hero of this segment, Heath yeah. Slater. <laughs> I thought that was great I thought for he- a while. I thought Slater was just going to turn heel and be that other addition to Corbin's authority type stable. You know, he was going to join and be like there, the the heel referee. Yeah, well, the, you know, with the ratings being so low for Raw, you, you knew you couldn't keep Corbin there. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't think Corbin wasn't was an awful like heel GM. I thought I thought this was one. Of, I liked I enjoyed Constable Corbin a lot more. I think the the authority figure role for Corbin has been a lot better for his career in general, but this just wasn't working. It wasn't connecting with the audience, and the right move was made. Uh, I I thought Heath Slater as his lackey referee. I thought he has been stealing the Corbin segments the past few weeks. I mean, I love Heath. I don't think you can not love Heath. Is it possible to, to, to not love Heath Slater? No, and I'm. I think I think he's had quite the career too. He may not have held a whole lot of gold, but he's been the only constant from the original Nexus that has never been released. World's greatest jobber, Heath Slater. <laughs> hey man, he's got kids. Um. So where does Corbin go? I think I think Corbin goes into a proper uh, feud with Angle at this point. Angle has stated that he's he wants to wrestle. He doesn't want to be an authority figure. He wants to be a part-time guy. So I think working a, a program with Corbin might just be what Corbin needs. You know, Corbin's definitely missing something. And working with Kurt Angle might give him that something he's missing. I agree. I think this is the start of seeing Angle back as an active competitor. We're not going to see him as a full-time active competitor, though. I think he's we're going to see him for, like, the big four but he's going to be do a lot more in-ring promos, going to have more feuds and build more storylines and be that guy to help put over some of the younger talent. And right now, someone like Corbin does need to be put over a little bit more. Um, I, I think since he came to Raw, he's kind of been at a stalemate because he hasn't really been in the ring in storylines. He's been in authority-style storylines, but I, I want to see him back in the ring because... Corbin has a lot of haters out there, but I am a huge Baron Corbin fan. I think he's a great wrestler. I love his his offense. I love watching him in the ring. I think for a big dude, he is very fast, very agile, and I think he could be a really good contender for the mid-card scene. Yeah, there's no doubt about his like actual ability. I think he's kind of bland and boring, and that's what he needs to work on. And I think Kurt Angle could really like help him with that because here's a guy whose gimmick basically just revolved you know, revolved about around him winning a gold medal and dressing up in, in red, white and blue tights. And, you know, a lot of guys who did, who would do a gimmick like that would probably get made fun of, but Kurt Angle took something like that and really made it his own. And I think Baron Corbin hasn't sold himself like as a personality as well. You know, I think he's gotten a lot closer with the, with the constable Corbin, but there's still work to be done and there's no better person to work with than Kurt Angle. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> now, now the other half of of this match was Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman will now now is a date with Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. What happens there? Strowman's gonna lose. <laughs> I agree. I yeah, think Strowman's gonna, gonna lose. He's too. already had you know ten other opportunities to beat Lesnar, and he has he's come up short every time. Uh, I really don't know why they're keeping him in the in the Universal Title picture at this point. Probably they just couldn't think of anyone else to put in the 
in the scene. At the, yeah. I mean, what about Drew McIntyre? What about Seth Rollins? You have Finn Balor. You have people that could be in this in the title scene going into at least Royal Rumble, but they want to keep re, uh, recycling the same things over and over. So we're going to see another Strowman versus Lesnar match. Well, it's interesting because you have the Rumble coming up and just about all of the top of the card talent is going to be in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. So Strowman, I think, is the right name to put in there because, you know, like you said, there's really no one else. I don't see him winning the Rumble, Strowman. I don't see him winning this match either. I think Strowman's moment is still a year or two away. Like his really big, you know, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 moment. <laughs> it's it's still a ways away. And I think he still has time. Like you know, it takes years for somebody for some time. Look how long it's taken Becky Lynch to get where she is yep. on the main roster. It's taken her what? almost three years now over three years to get here. Yeah. So Strowman's got a little more time on his side still. There's other people who I think deserve, you know, to beat Brock Lesnar right now too. It's just all there is to it. Yeah. And there's also no saying how soon Strowman's going to be able to come back. Cause I mean, he was still in, had his arm in a sling. So right. who knows how much longer he's going to be out of action. I'm sure he'll yeah. be okay for rumble, but are we going to see him in ring between now and the Royal rumble? I mean, and at the Rumble, he may come out and Brock Lesnar just might go right to work on that arm and Kamara lock, lock his arm to death. True. And again, that was so, another squash match. A couple of yeah, which, suplexes, a couple of F5s, Kamara lock, done. And, you know, I, I hope it's not, but that's just what the, the what, what it's been with Brock. And it's going to keep being like that with Brock. I think until... Until Seth Rollins gets his hands on him. I think Seth Rollins will eventually get his hands. If he doesn't get switched over to SmackDown, he'll get his hands on Brock. Maybe by the Elimination Chamber. I could see Rollins winning the title off Brock at the Elimination Chamber. I don't think Vince is going to let Brock go into that fight with Cormier with the with the Universal title. I just don't think it's going to – I think he's scared that Cormier is going to win and steal the belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because Cormier is going to – because Cormier is going to beat Lesnar. And oh yeah. that that could be a headache. It would be really great television, but it could be a headache for Vince. You know, someone else who we've been talking about that should be the contender for the Universal Championship against Lesnar is Drew McIntyre. Now, let's talk about his match uh, from tonight. Now, he faced Finn Balor, which, again, the match didn't need to be on the card. It didn't need to happen, but they wanted to fill up the card. And you know what? I was pleasantly surprised with how well the match went. I think it still helped um, continue the storyline. I I thought Ziggler, his interference, made the match very interesting. And I'm actually quite shocked that Balor did not come out as the Demon. I'm shocked Ballard didn't come out as a demon, especially because he won. That was what really shocked. After he won, I was really shocked. Uh, I didn't expect, I always expected this match to be good. I mean, Finn and Drew were great workers. So I didn't expect a bad match. But it was with the Dolph Ziggler involvement, it kept me a lot more entertained, you know, than I thought. Like the entertainment value and the storytelling was a lot better than expected. So, and what does that leave Finn and and Dolph, who had a backstage segment afterwards where Dolph pretty much attacked Finn and said, hey, I didn't do this for you pretty much. I did this for me and this, that, and the other thing. 
So maybe Dolph and Finn start working a program that where the, where the winner could elevate themselves to the top of the card or at least to the Intercontinental title picture. A lot, lot that could happen there. Um, I'd like to see Finn and Dolph work maybe a, a more legit extended program. Yeah, it's I possibility agree. Is good wrestling. Definitely. No, the two of them are definitely going to have some kind of program, at least going into Royal Rumble. I'm sure they're both going to be in the Rumble, though, so I can't see this their storyline coming to a head as soon as the Rumble. Maybe it'll happen on a Raw. Maybe it'll happen at Fastlane in February. But uh, I will say this. Ziggler just lost any chance he ever had of joining the Balor Club. <laughs> because that's where my head was at. <laughs> Um, so, but I think Ziggler now show that he never was turning babyface. So heel Ziggler is still running supreme. It's alive and it's well, and it's the Ziggler we all want to see. Let's be realistic yeah. here. No one wants to see a babyface stuff. Um, so there were twelve matches on the card, mm-hmm. and we all gave our predictions on on um, on Saturday afternoon show. I went ten and two. How did you do, Bones? I went nine and three. What matches did you not get? Um, I think we all, I'm pretty sure we all picked Finn and Drew wrong. I think we all took Drew. And then the other match that I know you and I missed on and and the third man did not was Natalia Ruby. We both thought Ruby was going over. I really thought. Uh, outside. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess we both, we all knew, but we knew Baron Corbin was losing. We just didn't get how he lost right. Right, because <laughs> we thought there was good. I know I thought there was going to be a large Sullivan arrival for mm-hmm. that match, and then Lars and Braun might start some sort of thing. But I'm okay with how it went down. So I guess it was like nine and a half and two. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I I was very high on Nia Jax uh, taking out Ronda Rousey and having to be another swerve where both women's titles change hands last night. Um, I think the way it was done though was done very well. Uh, very well executed, uh, and I'm happier with the results than my original prediction. I didn't want to see Nia win. I just thought that's where the storyline was going to go. So I was very happy with Ronda Rousey coming out victorious and retaining the Raw Women's Championship. You couldn't have Ronda's first loss be against Nia Jax. No. No, it's going to be against Ruby Riot. Sure. (laughs) Um I was thinking more like Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair, but okay. We, we yeah, can go Ruby that Riot. route, too, I guess. You know, I guess we can go that route. <laughs> um, before we go, final thoughts. Uh, five-star grade bones? Now, the, I, uh, would, I don't know. I would um, – I think there was no match that was boring. You know, the entire, the entire show was, was fun. I, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of oh-my-God moments where I was – uh, on my feet, like standing right in front of my television, yelling at my TV. Uh, great storylines. I think there was great storytelling in matches, uh, like with Strowman and Corbin. Great, you know, way to bring that story to a conclusion. Uh, Ruby Riot and, and Natalia, Styles and Daniel Bryan. I think there was just some phenomenal professional wrestling that we got to see last night. Also, I would give it a, a four star though, only because. The mark in me wanted to see certain people come out victorious and not, you know, not the other way. But Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Riot. If Ruby, Ruby Riot would have just came out and, and won the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championship, I give this a fucking seven star rating. So, what you wanted to see was Ruby Riot win all 12 matches. Yes. <laughs> Ruby Riot comes in. And- <laughs> 
It and was if a. Anyone I knows where to get that Ruby Riot table? Please hit me up at JC Bones on Twitter. <laughs> Christmas is coming. I have been a good boy. Um, I give this event a quiet four stars. Um, there's a lot of I said a lot of really good wrestling. We didn't really talk too much about it, but I got to give a little shout out. Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander was a really good match. Uh, if you missed it in the pre-show, they had a very, very good, fun cruiserweight championship match. A lot more fun than Murphy's last title defense. Uh, that helps the rating of this show. It's always nice when you're when you're uh, when your pre-show matches are good. So I give it a quiet four stars. Uh, the match of the night was for me was definitely the the triple threat, unquestionably the match of the night. I don't think anybody will debate that. And if you do, then shut up. Then shut you're up. wrong. <laughs> no, I agree, man. That was that triple threat was the match of the night. Um, it wasn't just about how many spots can we have. It's also about storyline and continuing storyline and making everyone involved in the match look strong. So there was no point where Oscar didn't look as strong as Charlotte and Becky, or Charlotte didn't look as strong as Becky and Oscar. They all looked strong. They all shined tonight and. Women's wrestling, bro. That's all I can say. Women's wrestling is running wrestling right now on WWE. Legit drama in that match. Legit drama. Everything done right. I hope, I hope like when WWE is looking at their notes from this show, they realize we need more of that shit. That's, that's what I can only, that's my hope for, for the future. You know, when, when we're trying to fix Raw and to a degree SmackDown. We need more of what happened at the end of that triple threat match. And congratulations, Asuka. Yes, congrats, Asuka. The Empress of Tomorrow, that's well-deserved. And yeah, she's going to be on a lengthy, lengthy title run now. Mm-hmm. Who's ready for Asuka? Not SmackDown. No one's ready for Asuka. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Fourth Wall fam, thank you so much for tuning in to Sunday Night Aftermath with Doc and Bones. This will be our monthly show as we bring you the news and reviews and post-show stats from WWE pay-per-views each and every month. So once again, I am JC Bones. And I am Doc Haas. And we are from the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. This is Sunday Night Aftermath. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FourthWallCast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. Follow us on Instagram at FourthWallCast as well. Uh, We encourage our fans to be involved, so please tweet at us using the hashtag BeInvolved or shoot us an email at FourthWallCast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts of the show, your thoughts about wrestling. You want to be involved in the Fourth Wall WrestleCast each and every week. Hashtag be involved, reach out to us, be the voice of the voiceless, and have your voices heard. So everyone, once again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Peace. Later.